Hello, everyone. My name is Justin Odisho, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today on the show, I'm having a conversation with special guest John Hill. John is a professional skateboarder, YouTube creator, and he's even started his own company recently, Progress Daily, where he's building the brand, selling clothing, and plans to get involved in community efforts as well. John has a refreshing perspective and offers a ton of great insight in this episode, so I think you're going to enjoy it. What's up, John? Welcome to my podcast. This is a pretty direct start. Yeah, dude, it's good to be here. I'm excited that you called me. Uh, we've been trying to do this for like a week or so, so I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. Actually, funny story, you texted me like at 7 in the morning today. Yes. Just to let you know how ridiculous my life is. You were up early. I was up late. What? Yeah. So you were going to sleep as I was waking up? Yes, I responded to you right away, but I was going to sleep. That's why I said, you know, you're, you're insane. Doing it. It's, well, you know. That's why you don't see me in the morning hours. So you're oh, pretty, right, right. you're pretty much a morning person, huh? I am. Yeah, I've been a morning person. I pretty much since I've decided that I should be, and I, that was probably like a three three years ago or so. And I just I I function better uh, in the morning, and I feel like really excited when I wake up, and the sun happens to be coming up at the same time. I feel like I have like the opportune time to get things done while the sun is up. I don't know. I just function best when it's daylight. Teach me. How did you, you said you just decided to? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, at first I was like setting alarms and stuff, but then it became, uh, there was a time period where it was easier for me to wake up early because I just had to, I had so many things to do in such a short period of time for like a good six month period that I, I didn't sleep much at all, but it was easiest for me to wake up early. But yeah, that was when I was definitely not sleeping as much as I should be. So I wouldn't recommend that either. Okay. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at right now is not sleeping as much as <laughs> so we do yeah. similar things uh, i think i ran across you maybe about a year ago just through watching you on other interviews and perhaps just collaborating with other people but i want to i'm not actually too into the whole skate uh youtube space and and world based besides mm -hmm. where they collide with mine i want you to take me back to like kind of break it down for someone on, like me who's not too educated on what this is like how did this all start the skate scene like how did you get into it and the uh, skating on youtube as well yeah okay definitely well with with skateboarding itself i got into it when i was really young and when i got into it nobody did it at all in my community literally zero people in my school skateboarded, and i was the first one uh and it was because of the tony hawk video games so it just felt like this rebellious new fun thing to do and and i was a kid who already felt kind of alienated so i was just like you know what i'm gonna take it the extra mile and do something that alienates me even more uh and once i did it luckily there was a few people who thought it was cool and i had a group of friends who i was skateboarding with all the time and you know there are time periods throughout where skateboarding is really popular and then it goes away and then it comes back and it's funny from being on the inside perspective to see that uh, i think right now is a time where skateboarding is pretty popular uh and i think youtube has a lot to do with that but you know i i did it for a really long time i went out to california i did all the standard things that skateboarders do in the community to think they can have a career in it and then i sort of realized oh th this is what all the pros are doing they're working really hard and a lot of them aren't really getting their just desserts. You don't really get compensated for the time you put into it, which is fine because it's like a fun activity. It's like art. You don't do art to expect to make a lot of money. You just do it. Um, but eventually I was like, you know what? It would be good to make money doing this. What is a platform that would help me do that? 
Um, and I started doing YouTube. And a lot of people actually in the skate scene would see YouTube sort of as a cheat, as like a, dude, if you would have just stayed on the normal route and see if you can make a career there, that's how you really test your skills. And I was like, well, I know how to tell a story and make video content, so I'm just going to utilize this platform. Um, and I think I, I think a lot of people get too stubborn and caught up in that, and that's why people get bitter in skating, because they're like, how come I'm not making any money? I've been doing this for 20 years every single day. And it's because at the end of the day, it is a business, just like anything else. You have to figure out how to get yours in any situation. So when it comes to YouTube, that's that's why I did that. And uh, the whole YouTube skate world is a lot different than what I grew up knowing the skate world to be. It's completely different. But I started skating in the first place to alienate myself. In skating, I was like, I'm already used to doing the weird thing. So even in skating, let me do the weird thing and do YouTube. So it's always been like a continuous process of that. And uh, I, I think it's really fun to sort of tap into other worlds and now i'm in youtube where i'm collaborating with sarah dici and her friends and they're into tech and just because we can all tell a story we have something in common and we can work together and i think that's really cool yeah how long ago was that where, where you'd say people thought like youtube is not the normal route to do this youtube i started that about two and a half years ago where I decided to be, I told myself this before I started, I said, I'm gonna be 100% shameless with this and just make videos regardless of how insecure I feel. And I had a friend who even told me, he said, dude, trust me, if you're gonna do YouTube, do not expect a career in skateboarding. And I was like, that's fine. Um, so I did it and it worked out to where there was a company called Revive Skateboards that loves YouTube. All the people who run the company do YouTube. And when they saw me in the scene, they were stoked. They were like, yo, this kid, he's tight. So we hung out and they, they turned me pro. So ironically, going the route of avoiding becoming a pro, I became a pro. So it's kind of funny. Yeah, I was going to ask. So you're like legitimately officially labeled as a pro skateboarder? Yes. What What yeah. is like, what, into, what entails it, a pro skate? Like, how do you become a pro skateboarder? Right, it's weird because like anyone will say, well, in anything, if you get paid to do it, you're technically professional, pro. yeah. Right, in skateboarding, according to skateboarding, it, you can get paid as an amateur. An amateur is, basically means you're a part of the company, you're like labeled as a writer for the brand, and then going pro is basically the difference is just having your name on products. That's it. So with me, it was like, okay, now we have skateboards that say Hill or John Hill. Uh, and then we have wheels that say the same thing. And that that's really the only difference. And in skateboarding, it's crazy because all of that buildup is pretty much just to say that you're pro. At the end of the day, that's the real benefit is just to be like, I made it as a pro skater. But like, what do you have to do? Do you have to like grind? Like, is it like Tony Hawk pro skater? We have to collect all the decks oh. and like grind three <laughs> things in a row and like pass a test of some sort? Well, yeah, I mean, the truth is it's, it's funny because people will tell in skateboarding, they'll tell you that just get really good and things will work out. Completely not true. You you have to get really good, of course, to be pro. That that's that's the beginning process. There are people who are some of the best skateboarders in the world who nobody knows or cares about because they live in a different country where there is no sense of promotion. There's no media outlet. There's nothing, and they're just skating and getting really good. Um, luckily, in America, it's much easier because we are confident human beings who don't mind posting our stuff all over social medias, uh, and that actually helps. So it really is just a business at the end of the day, and if you can bring business to a company by having your name on their products, that's when you go pro. So for me, I've had, I had the opportunity before this as well 
and it was this weird thing where the company they thought I was really good and they were like, yo, like we want to turn you pro. And they sort of wanted me to work on like my stats on social media. They were like, oh yeah, you've got the skill. We just got to work on the other things, which I think is ridiculous, but that's sort of just the way it is. I mean, for a business. So you can basically, it's basically like a almost music label type of situation where they have to sign you. Like you need to get a reputable company to, to like sponsor or sign you to turn you pro almost. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever turned themselves pro, but that is a possibility. It's just the credibility in that, I, I you know, it's hard to do that. Like a musician who starts his own label to like, I don't know, put himself on the label. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's like. like turning yourself pro just doesn't really make sense because you're the only one who validates yourself it's kind of weird so yeah. that that is the sense of the companies they yeah a company just puts you on their team it, it's really weird because there's not it's very loose very unprofessional very disorganized it's literally a company could just say hey john uh dude you're like pro for us now and boom like dream come true i'm a pro skater like it's it could be that simple that's awesome because I think that was a lot of people's dreams. I think everybody played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. One, I, two, three, four. Put, that put me on a lot of music and a, yeah, a lot of seriously. stuff. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, a lot of the music I listened to as a kid was like primarily from that game. Like just the first Tony Hawk's Pro Skater where it had that uh, like Superman song by, mm -hmm. yeah, I forgot. I can't even remember right now. But when I was a kid, I was like, this is the kind of music real people listen to. And this is what you need to listen to forever. And I don't know. I went down that path for years and years and years. Yeah. So, so, so you could like you could go an alternative route to like, what you you could just be like who's that kid who wears the purple and green like that crazy kid? Roy Purdy. Yeah, could he be? Could he become a pro? He skates a little bit, right? Right. So he actually is good at skating, which yeah. is funny. But he's not. He's definitely not like a pro skater. But it would be smart for a company to turn him pro. Obviously, he's huge right now, yeah. and he's just blowing up. And that's you know, there's a big side of skating that's kind of like. Because he just got a board sponsor, and there's a big side of skating that's going to be like, "Are you kidding me, yo? This dude's just like, a, you know, he's a commodity. He's not, he's not a real skater. He's just popular." But you got to think it from a business. It's like this this company called Grizzly. They put on Lil Wayne, and Lil Wayne just started skating like six months ago. And it's like, that's that's the way it is. Because now Lil Wayne puts out one shout out, it's going to get them more attention than any pro they have on their team after like years. Just one shout out. Yeah, I guess that's what I was wondering is if you could like flip your skills in a different way to but um it seems like there's a big culture in skating, you know, of what's right, what's wrong, what's the normal way to do it, the rules and mm -hmm. uh and like you just said with Lil Wayne, that's a funny story cuz he claims he's like he went all rock star for a few years. Um mm -hmm. skating is tied into a lot of music and like like we discussed earlier in the tony hawk pro skater days it was songs like superman and punk rock but now it mm -hmm. seems like it's very hip-hop and very underground hip-hop too have you seen a have you personally felt that transition oh absolutely i mean when it comes to the whole soundcloud rap phase right now in skateboarding it is like it they correlate right next to each other it's insane like uh, some of my favorite skaters will post things and tag uh you know, like XXX or yeah. uh, I don't know, like all those guys or Kodak, you know, they'll like, they'll tag all those guys just so they can get their attention. It's like there's skateboarding. It now like tries to appeal to those guys, which is so crazy. Cause I don't know. I mean, cause it changes a lot. You know, it's the new kids who come along different world. 
than you know maybe when I started. So nowadays, when they join skateboarding, they they already see all these influences that n- aren't necessarily skateboarders. It's weird. It's like rappers are pretty much the voices for entire generations now. Like I feel like in the past it wasn't as much like that. Like a skater skated, so he looked up to skaters. Nowadays, a skater looks up to whoever is the most popular of you know that generation, and yeah. now it's hip hop artists. So. It is weird to see, but yeah, there's a correlation now with any trend that you see or any just big thing. You're going to see the skaters sort of around there. And, you know, when it comes to Supreme and all those things, it's like I've been talking about this a lot, but it's weird because Supreme is a skate shop. That's it. And, you know, like people took Supreme and they made it their own culture. There's the reseller culture. There's like you, you see like 15 different identities for this one brand and at the end of the day, like, of course, skaters are going to be bitter because they're like, yo, what what did you do to our skate brand? This is a skate brand. And now it's like, you know, like you wear expensive things and, you know, don't let anyone touch your sneakers. And with skateboarders, it's like we have to tear up all our clothes. And, you know, it comes from a very usually a pretty poor environment. Skateboarding, typically they're they're, you know, less fortunate kids. So they seeing like something they love, like Supreme turning into this thing where it's like they have all this money. They can't relate, blah, blah, blah. Um yeah, I don't really know what my point was, but yeah. No, I was basically, actually, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. I was going to get into that too like right next how skating ties in to streetwear and clothing as well, like Supreme and then the newer brands like mm-hmm. Palace and all that. And now it's like you said you have the norm this this like the old school skaters who who are like, "Do you even skate, bro? Like you can't wear that. Like you don't even right. skate." Right, yeah. But, I mean, you just started your own brand, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I have I have a brand that's pretty pretty well associated with my branding, which is Progress Daily. Um, in my videos a lot, I sort of, I, I'm always just trying really hard to, like, figure out life and move forward and get things done. And uh, a lot of people resonate really well with that. So, I was like, oh, a company called Progress Daily, because for me it was what I was saying to myself every day. There would be like, I I would have to do something that day that made my life a little bit better. Uh, and actually, it's funny because that started when I was really, really young to where uh, my dad basically told me, he said, at the end of the day, look back and were you better off? Did you contribute to the planet at all or did you take away? And most of the time, I'm like, I don't, neither. I guess I didn't do anything at all. And then when he said that to me as a kid, from then on, I was like, oh, man, I got to do like something. So it's like pick, pick up a piece of trash, do something that like benefits the world for a day. Um, yeah, so that's that's sort of what the whole brand is behind is that concept. Uh, and, and every idea forward that I'm moving with with the company has just been thinking about how I can use it as a platform to help people. But it's it's difficult to figure that out because you also want to keep it unique and, and fresh and creative so it, it's just really hard to figure out, just for anyone who has brands out there, it's really hard to figure out your place at doing something that's actually creative and unique. Yeah. So, so are you trying to, Yeah. I know it's tied to the skate world, but you wouldn't mm-hmm. care, you know, you want everyone to, you wouldn't care, like you have to be a skater to wear this or it's got Not functional even. elbow pads or something. See, beyond the opposite. I am not trying to appeal to skaters. I, I, I love I love skateboarding and I definitely like, I respect that world, but the truth is skateboarding is just as diverse as high school. You know, you go to high school and you see every genre of person. Skateboarding has the same thing. They have the 
the thug kids, they have the freaking jocks, they have all of them, the, the freaks. Skateboarding itself consists of all those things, and all of them can get good at skating. So that's why I never really, I don't know, I, I would like to help the world of skating to an extent, but in reality, there's a, a ton of skateboarders I don't relate to and a ton I do. So it's not the skateboarders who really buy my products. There's a lot that do, but for me, it's people who seem to be into the idea of entrepreneurship and creativity. Uh, everybody who tags me, I go to their things. And it's usually like artists. A lot of artists wear Progress Daily, which I think is really, really cool. Um, and for me, it is exciting because I've always thought of myself as a skater growing up. And I literally thought that nobody could understand or appeal or I could appeal to anyone who didn't ride a skateboard because that's the only world I know. Uh, so it's actually really cool for me to see that, oh, my God, this dude is a really good artist, actually likes what I do, even though I suck at art. And I think I think that's cool. Um so that's who I'm trying to appeal to is basically anyone who is in the same world that I am where we're like, holy shit, like we thought we weren't capable and now look at us like trying to come up in this world and actually doing, trying to do cool things and people appreciate it. I don't know. I think, I think that's, that's the cool idea is yeah. not feeling isolated in what you do. Yeah. Cause you said you were always trying to alienate yourself, but now it seems like you're coming back around. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, no, definitely. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so you're kind of running many things then now you have your YouTube channel, which is a business in itself in a way. I don't know how you like to think of it, but it's kind of has mm, business like is, aspects. Sure. And now you have this kind of newer thing, which is the clothing brand, which is also a business kind of detached from yourself. What's the day-to-day -day operations like for you? Do you like wake up, ship a couple orders or do you have people helping you? Do you have a team around you? I do. So when it comes to orders, I so this all started off with a baby onesie company, which is really strange. But I started this with an ex-girlfriend, and I ended up taking the business because she was going down a crazy road, and I was like, yo, I'm going to keep this. So I kept this baby onesie business where I literally had a heat press, and I would press designs that I created. So this is really weird, but I, I never considered myself as a graphic designer, but I literally designed like – 500 designs for these onesies and I because I worked on it 15 16 hours a day that's when I was telling you I wasn't getting much sleep and I turned into business and we actually made we were making good money off of it so I finally hired someone and to this day I still have someone doing that business in Portland which I think is super funny so that is like that is what allowed me to run around at first with YouTube and turn YouTube in as a business, and then skateboarding, of course, that that followed suit. So, I mean, there there's multiple sources of like income, I guess, and it, it's all like, okay, if you want to know what my daily my daily grind is like, I mean, here's like a to do list that I have for I myself today, it's and a it's, long it's one. ridiculous. <laughs> it's a long dude every single day. So every night before the next day, I create my to do list for the next day. Um, I definitely don't always accomplish it. But it's basically like all the things I need to get done. And today is like, I mean, I can just go down some of the things I've done, but it's like all my texts and emails. Yes, I lit I am so, I, I work so consistently that I have to write down to answer texts, which is insanity. Um, and then like a little bit of working out, going to the gym, and then like mapping out the shots for two vlogs, meditating, uh, like actually making my food today rather than buying it. Um, oh, right here. This is funny. Set up interview podcast. There you so go. That I was on this to text to hit you up on Twitter. Um, and then I had to print all these quotes out. I had to um, come up with 10 promotion ideas, uh, update a list of products to send out to influencers, uh, take pictures of my products, 
Uh, da, da, da. And then I basically had to get pictures of these sticker packs that I'm putting out, my laundry. I did that as well. Uh, get artsy shots of the apartment. Go buy chia seeds. Uh, use teeth whiteners. <laughs> and yeah, so stuff like that. So that's basically what I've done so far today. And a lot of it, like 10 promotion ideas, that can take 15 hours, mm-hmm. or you can get lucky and it take an hour and a half, two hours. And so I just write everything down. And if it needs to move to the next day, it moves to the next day. But this is like every single day pretty much front to end the same reason why I'm like, I can't hang out today because there's a chance that I'll be literally only sleeping four hours tonight. So, but yeah, I don't know. Cause if I do go out and hang out with someone, I have to write down, like if my friend Brett is in New York and I always want to meet up with him, but I have to say, Hey, 12 to three o'clock, we can hang out and I have to stop at three or this list will be neglected and I won't be able to get things done and I'll be behind like that. So yeah, I think that's that's very true. Uh, like a lot of people might look at your vlogs and see all this excitement and energy and just think you're having fun and you're just recording your life. But <laughs> there's so much that goes yeah. behind it too. That's why I knew that your day-to-day is like probably very much involved. Yeah, It's, it's also it's, funny that you bring up that you had uh, that old business too. I think anyone who is doing YouTube, probably like half of them have other like creative entrepreneurial ventures that you might not never attach to them yeah i mean i heard about like the phase banks guy who i i'm pretty indifferent to what he does but he apparently he's had like he was like a millionaire before he even started youtube you know like with all these businesses that he's created which is crazy but yeah that's like what all the youtubers do who are huge they just have the time like to have the time to go around and just film yourself all day you have to have something else going on unless you just have rich parents i guess yeah so so yeah so so would you say talk about this this revive company that like now you have your own skateboards and then you have your own brand is is there any type of rules aside like you're working with revive don't aren't they kind of like a clothing brand in some sorts or no yeah, so when it comes when it comes to that, there's a lot of weird rules in skating. Revive is a skateboard brand, like a skateboard deck brand. So as long as I'm repping their decks and not other people's decks, then we're good. And that yeah, that's with any sponsor. So with clothing, I don't have like a legit clothing sponsor. So I can wear Progress Daily, I can talk about it, but Revive does have clothes. It's just they're not a clothes brand. They just have merch that goes along with their product. So and with me, it's like I, I also don't consider my brand a clothing brand. Uh, right now, that's that's what we do primarily. But it's like even after the next launch, we're directly turning into something else. Like I, I already have an idea of what the business will be doing then. Um, and it's actually going to be more of charity work, which I think is strange. But that's that's the direction that I want all my stuff to go in because, I don't know, I, I've been seeing more and more how often it is that people who just try to do something good – uh, they get rewarded. It's kind of the truth. If you're always trying to help people, like that person is going to be successful because, I mean, I, I don't know, you're doing the right thing. I, I, I'm not sure if I believe in karma and all that, but it, it does come around. It just makes sense to me. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think we're all so. very connected in a weird way that we don't even I realize. Agree. And you, everyone, like, we're all in a weird way one person if you help that like there's no reason not to help this person or that person because they could 
this is getting too deep, but we'll have to do like a philosophical episode. No, I, <laughs> no, no, I, I totally agree. Cause I think it's like, we, we are all definitely connected in some way, right? We're like the, whatever, I think whatever you believe in, like even, but you know, a lot of people believe in evolution. It's like, in that sense, it's like, we are literally created to be a part of this world, like to be, to benefit the world. And, you know, oddly enough, as human beings, we're, we're, the one species that takes the most away from the world. We, we are the ones who like deprive it of its resources the most, which, I mean, it's crazy to think about, but we're naturally built to make the world better. And like, you know, when people die, like this is, this is strange too, but when people die, like their body becomes nutrient for the world, you know, like the plants and the blah, blah, blah. It's like, we're, we're built to actually help the world, but humans, they, they sort of figured out an alternative. Yeah. But yeah. Do you read a lot? You had that long list. Is is reading ever in the monthly list? I I don't read as much as I used to because I listen to audiobooks. So I listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks. And that's pretty much my I, I want it to be my only source of like what I digest is just like, you know, maybe like an occasional YouTube video from someone who I think is doing like Casey and I said, I think always provides value when you watch his videos. I think there are people who are like that. And those are the ones I've been trying to focus on lately. So, yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of mixed feelings about like YouTube as a platform because, you know, sometimes they'll push things that you don't need to know, right? Like they'll push these people who don't really teach you or help you. And then you're like, okay, well, let me just listen to an audiobook or a podcast. And that's primarily what I've been on recently. Yeah, I've been the same. I've been finding myself listening to audio so much mm. more. It seems like a huge trend, but as much as I've I've tried to taste a little bit of everything, and as much as I've tried vlogging, I've m- maybe done like 20, 30, mm. I don't know, maybe 40. I just never Damn, that's got, a lot. Yeah, I just never got into it, you know. I just never got comfortable doing it in public, and I never was able to express myself how I wanted to. But with podcasting, it just feels more like something I, I'm, I'm capable of doing and like a strength of mine. Right. No, that's awesome. I mean, that's awesome i think uh i think we all sort of act different on each platform almost i I think because i have like this little anchor that i do and it it feels way different talking and without anyone seeing your facial expressions and your cues because you're the thing about video it is hard it's hard to like talk and not be conscious of people staring at your face because truthfully youtube is a platform where people will judge you in a second on the way that your face is moving, on the way that you look, on all that stuff. So you're like, oh my God, I'm talking about something important, but the comment's gonna say something like, your eyes look weird, you know, it's like, <laughs> in a podcast, you don't have to deal with that. Yeah. But you still, there's still hate, of course, but you don't have to deal with that version of it. I think I'll, I could handle hate on like, you talk about stupid things, or like, your voice. I actually get a lot of funny comments about my voice. Like, it's either love it or hate it. But. Right. What is that what they they just said like no, it was annoying or something? No, it's like I get that I sound it's very vibrating. I don't know, do, do you ever get any Actually, when my, I tweeted my out voice that, all the time, dude. Yeah, when I tweeted out that I was doing a podcast with you, a lot of people are mentioning like ask him how he's always smiling. Ask him how he's always so And I think you can hear that too in audio. Like you can I know I read that you can hear if someone's smiling. Yeah, 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 definitely. The the shape of your mouth, like the way your voice projects out of it, mm-hmm. it you know, it's determined by the way your mouth is shaped. But yeah, I I don't know. That that's a funny question because it's like yeah, I make ten minute videos. It's it's pretty easy to smile for ten minutes. <laughs> um, but I am 
I am also usually a happy person. I mean, I, I really never get sad. Like, I very, very rarely get sad, but I get angry really bad. So I, I sit on those two things where I'm just like, I'm either really mad where I'm not going to pick up a camera or I'm pretty happy. And it's not really happy. I, I, I would consider it appreciation. That's it. I don't even consider myself a happy person. I think it's just appreciation for what I get to do. And, and I mean, I don't know. Like, it's, it's weird because it's not even just – I've said that before and people are like, well, dude, like – you can do whatever you want. Look at your life. That's sick. And it's like, well, it's not that. I mean, I, you know, I've always appreciated very little things because, you know, people are raised to do so. And luckily I was where it was like, hey, here's a plate of food. Like, appreciate this or else. I'm like, okay, yeah. And then I just figured out from there that every little thing that you get that most of the world can't get, you should be really appreciative of. Because truthfully, we live like kings compared to most of the world, you know, in America, typically. Yeah, definitely agree. So, uh, and yeah. you mentioned your your you mentioned earlier skateboarding is usually like rougher upbringing kids and mm-hmm. also you tweeted recently that you're Asian just to clear the air <laughs> is that like so can you explain what type of like family ethics were instilled in you or what 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 that dynamic was like Yeah, definitely. That so that one that one is always a hard one for me because it's so. I mean, I, t- I talk with a lot of people about this, or I talk with Sarah about this a lot, but um, another podcast guest that you've had on the show, yes. please go back and check that episode too. Um, yeah, it's, um, I'm trying to think of the wording. I literally just confused myself by doing that. Um, <laughs> it's okay. You're actually the first person to be on the podcast, you, to make two cameos on the podcast in two different episodes. Yeah, Achievement unlocked. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but did you have to clear that up? Do like most people not know what you are? They confuse, like they assume things about you because you're. It seems like you're not the typical skater. Like you're very much right. unique I, in a way. Yeah. So basically, I I don't have the vibe of someone who spent you know five plus hours a day skating. I don't have that at all. And I grew up and with an Asian mom and a military dad, and we never had a lot of money. And and we were in South Carolina, where basically. You know, when my mom moved to this country, she wasn't even accepted by my dad's family. They all hated the fact that she was Asian, or a lot of them did. So as I grew up, like the second I was born, my mom basically instilled the sense of, you need to be white. Trust me, you need to be white. Like, I've experienced this world as being an Asian, and it is not pretty. So be white and try to try to just whatever you think is the whitest thing you can do, do that. So I grew up always fighting for approval of my fellow white friends because I didn't want to get made fun of. And I still would, of course, because any Asian in South Carolina, there was only three Asians in the entire 12 years of my school. And it was me and two other kids. And um, for me, I, you know, sometimes I actually feel kind of ashamed because I feel like I did whatever it took. Like I didn't even hang out with the other two Asian guys because I was taught that I had to be friends with white people. And I'm half white as well. So and it's no it's no discredit to anyone, any race. And this is not even my place to say anything about white people because I don't know. You can't generalize an entire. Um, but but it is tough. It's tough because you, you feel that insecurity of looking different. And, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of insecurities. But that one is, that one's strong because, you know, there's no influence there. For me, it was growing up and, and, there was not a single Korean inspiration. And to this day, I still don't know any. I don't know a single Korean actor. And I know Asian ones. I know Jackie Chan, Jet Li. 
And then when you think about it, you're like, okay, so the way that the world sees us, because media is the strongest cultural, it's the strongest sense of teaching us culture. Um, it's, it's what everybody, how everybody depicts every race and every person and how people develop their opinions. So the opinion of Asian is what Jackie Chan gave America. And Jackie Chan he's he's goofy he's crazy he's he's action-packed he fights and you know the world has always thought that like oh you're asian so you can fight good oh you're asian so you're really smart and and you know i've done so much research on this lately and i've met so many people in california who you know who fight for that they fight for asians being seen in a different light and they try to fight for asian entertainers and and they try to help build people who they think give the asian community a better image. And, you know, I've had a few people in California who reached out to me and said, we like what you do because you're not some goofy ass fighter guy who's trying to talk about how smart you are. You're not nerdy. And, you know, and I, and I get that. I get that because, you know, you get your whole life where people judge you for things that media created and you have no control of that. Um, and, you know, in a sense that can make you very bitter. And I feel like I have been like a very bitter person. And, you know, that is the reason I gravitated towards skating. Cause it was like, you know, it was kind of like a big fuck you to like, Oh, well everybody expects me to be this way. So let me just be, and like, you know, one day it hit me where I was like, my mom wants me to be this way, but I've got nothing but hell from people trying to be like them. So let me be what I believe I should be. And that's when my life changed and I worked out and, you know, I, you know, I stopped caring about like, the white man's opinion. I just cared about if someone's interested in what I'm doing, that's the cool thing. And I realized like all these weird insecurities that I felt growing up, a lot of things that I feel now are so strongly connected to the way that I felt growing up, having zero influences about my culture that I posted that tweet in case there's some other kid out there who feels how I did. And it's like, yo, you know, if you need it, I'm an Asian guy, whatever. I'm out here trying to do what I can do, trying to put out what I can put. And if you need to see someone who's trying here I am so yeah no that's really cool I read a lot of those things about like the representation in in Hollywood and things like that with there being only a small amount of Asian actors but mm-hmm. th- I mean there's I think that's a really interesting story that a lot of people go through is having to act a certain way and I think that's why people like yourself might have so much motivation or like aspire to do something is because when you were growing up, you had a lot of forces trying to tug at you in other ways, you know? Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. But talking about, you know, you used to live in California now you moved to New York. I mean, you grew up in South Carolina. It's like, so you've been Mm -hmm. kind of triangulating. Um, New York is quite diverse, isn't it? It's very diverse. So is California. So that was actually half the inspiration of moving to California. Um, yeah, and it's it's funny when I first got there, just seeing. So, oh, did you have more to the question? I feel like I cut you off. No, not really. I just wanted to get into like yeah. your move from California to New York and kind of the different shifts and vibes. Right. So that it's it's cool. I like talking about this too because a lot of people want to move to one or the other, New York or California. Which one's for you? And you know, right now with everything that I like to do, New York totally makes sense. But California, perfect all year. If you're, if you want to go to a place just to literally enjoy weather and always be in a position to go outside and do whatever you want, California is amazing. And it's great. It's really diverse depending on which city you're in. Um, And I have nothing but love for the city. The only thing is towards the end, since I'm a YouTuber, a skateboarder, I feel like a lot of ambitions I had just didn't really align with what was typical in California. There's a lot of 
you know, like movie stars, YouTube stars. There's this like, there's just this vibe that, you know, I wasn't super interested in. Still think it's like the, one of the most amazing places and people should all go there. But New York is more of just people trying to hustle low key. I feel like they're they're doing their thing and they're more worried about the product they put out rather than talking about how cool the product they're putting out is. Um, and I also wanted to be in an environment where it wasn't just skate oriented. And of course, Sarah D, she lives here and she's awesome. But it's, you know, th- there's there's a lot to this city and knowing it's diverse as well. Like, I mean, if Sarah was like, we should move to South Carolina, you know, that would be a lot harder for me to be like, yeah, that's a good idea. But New York's so diverse, California's so diverse that um, that I, I just feel, I feel really accepted and good in the city. Uh, yeah, it's a good place to be. Yeah, especially like a lot of the skate things I follow. And a lot of brands I follow are actually are either in California or New York, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool skate-related brands in New York and skaters and things like that. I feel like the culture's there as well. Yeah, there's a there's a really cool culture of skateboarders, and and uh, I don't know, I back the hell out of it. I think it's really cool, and the yeah. people I've met so far have been sweet, and then also the creators out here just know so much about what they're doing. It, it's insane. Yeah, a lot of film as like. So you've been talking about you keep mentioning this Sarah person for the listener who's oh right who doesn't know who Sarah is by the way yes you should watch episode number ten here that I did but um who's Sarah Sarah Dici is actually my girlfriend uh, we met through a YouTube collaboration out in California um, you know I of course when I hit her up I wasn't just like oh you're some random person I'd be calling like yo, she kind of cute. What's up? <laughs> and then, uh, and then I basically was like, well, sh- she did a lot of stuff with filmmaking that I wanted to learn how to do. So I really did mostly hit her up on the pretense of God, I can learn from this. And she's really good at what she does. Um, and at the time, like, you know, I-, I was like getting more views and all this stuff because I had such a weird niche, but she built this audience on just being good at something rather than having this like skate niche and I respected that so much and I was really excited about that so we collaborated and it was insane like how much she knew how much knowledge she was dropping on me crazy inspiring and then at the same time we were like hey we, we get along in a, in a really cool way so yeah it's my girlfriend who's a, who's a really amazing youtuber content creator but she's in New York just killing it killing the game all the time and I was like yo like not only is this person someone I love, but I am super inspired by the time being around her. And I'm in like her city where, you know, like I, I can build everything I want and, you know, she can help me as well. And, you know, anytime I can help her, awesome. Um, but yeah, she has this city like down packed. It's awesome. Yeah. Do you think you'd be able to date someone who wasn't doing YouTube or like a very similar thing as you? Truthfully, no. I don't actually at all. Um, yeah, I was very much okay with the idea of not having a girlfriend until like ever. I, I didn't even think that was a thing that I cared about at all. Um, same with Sarah. Like we both, it, ironically, we both have videos on YouTube that say why I don't have a girlfriend. And she has one that says why I don't have a boyfriend. And we like go into detail about how unnecessary it is to have a relationship when trying to hustle. And for us to find someone who does the exact same thing and pretty much has the exact same schedule every day and does the same thing and deals with the same trials and tribulations, it was like, yo, why, why don't we just, you know, go together on this and team up and hang out? Yeah. And it worked out. Yeah. And I, I know you guys have a lot of content about it on your channel, so I'm not here to, like, dig into the whole thing. Was it, like, <laughs> was there, what was it like deciding to put it, 
put it out on the internet for everyone to see because now it's permanent you know now right, i mean right. at least i mean it's not permanent but like now it's out there for everyone knows your business was right, that right. what was that decision like the decision was fun actually because we you know i know she has an audience i have an audience so i've never done that and i didn't know what it was going to be like to like basically unite two audiences and say hey everyone who likes me i now have a girlfriend who has this other big audience now like <laughs> it was almost like you know like bringing your kids into your stepkids house and be like <laughs> i'll try to get along or something and because at first it was like the comments were crazy there were people on my channel who were like oh screw her blah blah, blah. And then her channel the same thing like oh this guy's kind of whack blah 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 and then you know eventually it worked out to where those people probably just went away or something and i don't know our our audiences are actually there's a lot um what word am i thinking of i know what you're thinking of cross contamination but that's not the <laughs> there's word. a lot of cross <laughs> not contamination <audience. laughs> we have a lot of the same people cross section there you go yeah contamination is bad connotation anyway. yeah that's so cool yeah I think, there you go i think it's a very interesting dynamic it's like very it's very new new age new wave type of stuff um it is but uh now i have a couple questions that i asked on twitter that I'm recording a podcast with you today. So I uh, yeah. thought I'd be the voice of the people. Why don't we do a couple of fun questions here? Let's do it. And the last end. And the first one is Sarah it says, what is the secret to being so handsome, which has the most likes? <laughs> so oh. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's just a lot of makeup. I just wake up early and just lather it on and boom, there you go. Okay. So when I take this off at night, I would never show my face at night. All right, it's let's, all makeup. <laughs> okay, let's get, so, let's get it someone who can't just knock on the door and ask you something <laughs> uh, there you go. we have big red 89 dominic dufresne asks when's the dude gonna pop the question is that has that been thought uh, of at all you know we've had like basic conversations about that but not in that much detail we we you know like we're we're very happy together and uh you know that that whole thing is a whole different world that i'm not really used to like I don't know. I, I have so many mixed feelings about like marriage and all this. Everyone does nowadays, right? It's like the millennial thing to be like, I don't know. Marriage isn't that important as long as you love someone. So who knows? I mean, we're definitely, we're, we're two happy peas in a pod. I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, another question we have, Miguel Wicks asks, who's your favorite YouTuber and you can't pick Sarah? <laughs> okay. Um, probably Casey Neistat. I think what he does is awesome and it's different and it's fun and I think he's a really cool guy actually because I've had the opportunity to hang out with him a few times out here and um, yeah he's awesome yeah is there any other like um, channels or niches that you watch that might be unknown so this is weird um, man you know not really this is weird I, I, I kind of like the the big guy H3H3 is my favorite Casey Nice has yeah. my favorite um my friend Andy Schrock, I think, has a really good channel, but it's more kid-friendly. It's more for, like, younger audience. He just skates, and he's my friend. So I'm like, oh, I love this guy. <laughs> but he has, like, 1.5 million subscribers, so definitely has an audience. Um, yeah, John, I think I've been watching uh, Yoon Olsen some. Yeah. I think Peter McKinnon is really, really good at what he does. Um, and right now, I'm, I'm pretty much, like, naming friends. Like, Peter's a homie, and he's, dude, he kills it so hard, though. Yeah. He knows how to make videos, man. Going into YouTube, you should have a talent. And his happened to be filmmaking, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what about podcasts? I mean, I guess that you said you like podcasts more now. Is there any, I know everyone listens to, like, the H3 podcast and all these 
but like i found one recently there's this guy it's called the dissect podcast and he literally just breaks down an entire kanye west album song by song lyric by lyric and it's pretty interesting is there any like really interesting podcast that you're listening to no, I'm a loser. I just listen to Tim Ferriss's. <laughs> I love Tim Ferriss. I mean, that's yeah. a big inspiration of this show. S- same, same. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's. Uh, I was just right before you called. I was listening to. Actually, I was listening to his audiobook for our work week because I read yeah. it twice, and I was like, I might as well just listen to the audiobook. Um, but you know what? I mean, honestly, just him. Pretty much just him. And then, yeah. like, anytime he'll recommend another podcast, I might listen to it. But him and um. It's not even a podcast, but if you ever listen to Naval Ravikant, yeah, 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 I would recommend anyone out there just to like soak up anything that guy talks about. I think yeah. he's uh, he's he's like my main inspo for sure. He's like the dude who I want to be like. Yeah, for sure. So you're so, into cryptocurrencies and investing? I'm not really, which is weird. I no, yeah. So I've like zero investments, zero anything. Like I don't know. I need to get into that world, but cryptocurrency just like I, I just know so little about it, but. I have a few friends who are who are in it for sure, and I'm I don't know. It looks tempting, but yeah, yeah. Are, are you in it? Uh, I'm I'm on the same side as you. I'm gonna I have other investments, but you know I'm I'm tasting a few different things. Yeah, yeah. I, I maybe I, maybe I will try it out. It that just seems it seems so adult, but I'm like I'm 26. <laughs> I should probably start trying to be an adult. Yeah, it's funny you say that. It's like the older I get, I still just feel like. I don't like when I was 15, 14, you look at like a 26 year old and be like, that's an old adult person. Yeah. Then when you're 20, I'm 25 and you're 26, it's like, I still feel like a child. Same. (laughs) Same. In a lot of ways. Dude, definitely. I mean, but I talk to my dad who says the same thing. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just feel like this until I die. I'll be 80. Like, I'm never going to be 90. I'm never going to hit that old age and then I'm going to die because that's how that works. But yeah. That's what I think. I, I think, think everyone's just figuring it out. Yeah, exactly. But Every. yeah, and, and you, I mean, you do have investments, I'd say, because you're investing in the best thing is your business, your businesses. I mean, I'm sure you've spent, I mean, you spend your life, you invested your life in your, yes. in your different uh, businesses. Yeah, you're right. I mean, all the, all my investments so far have been like me putting money into my, into uh, hoping that I can pull through and get things done. Because I, I don't know, I have faith in my work ethic, but then there's a point where you're going to be like, okay, you, you just can't do all that. Like if I try to start four more businesses tomorrow, I, I physically just could not do that. So that's when you start trying to hire and that's when you really start investing when you're like, okay, I don't really have $5,000, but if it takes that much to start this easy business and hire someone for a month, then I'm going to do that. And that's, that is what I would call an investment. Yeah. And so, uh, speaking of hiring someone and having teams to help you, uh, funny story, like one, we have a weird cross section too. There's a kid that like watches me to learn a lot of video editing and Premiere Pro stuff. Uh, his name's Javante, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, one time he messaged me and he's like, yo, I just got this, uh, I got this job or something like helping a really big YouTuber edit videos. I'm like, congrats, man. And obviously I'm curious. So I'm like, oh yeah, who is it? And he's like, John Hill. I think that's so that might have weird. Been yeah. So it's funny how we have kind of had communi- not communication, but we've right. There's like interact. a one person connection. Yeah, which is yeah. That's ins- yeah. He um yeah. He helped me with a bunch of videos for like um I would say like a month or two, and it was I mean he was really good at it. So that was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take like 
two percent credit for helping you there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate you. <laughs> uh, now, now you're helping me by having this conversation. All exactly. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, did you ever? Someone asked what inspired you to develop your skills in video editing. Is video editing like a passion for you? Or is it just like something you need to do to get the job done? It's a passion for me. I really. I mean, I've been. I made my first gay video when I was about 15. Just filmed and edited it. And since then, I've made like ridiculous short edits. I mean, I probably have 300 videos on YouTube I edited before I even put out my channel. And they're all like short two minute skate edits and not much personality behind them. But then I started making these things called miscellaneous tages and they got like 400 views, 500 views. But like I would just make them. I mean, that's actually a lot of people if you think about it. 400 people took the time to watch this thing. And yeah, I was so I've been editing forever. And then when I figured out how to, you know, make editing monetizable with YouTube and like, oh, there's sort of a way that you need to edit for people to care. I just I just turned it into that. And from then, like even right now, I'm super interested in trying to do creative things with filming and editing. And that's like that's been really fun for me, actually, because I recently made a video. Uh, it's just about me breaking a mug, which is insane. And the feedback was crazy. Like I all my videos usually like something to do with skateboarding, please watch if you're a skateboarder. And this time I was like, you know what, let's just make a title like something about a mug and Sarah. And it got like the best feedback I've gotten in, in so long, so many likes and so many good comments and it was insane. So that was inspiring to me to be like, okay, maybe I should focus on making good creative content. Cause that's clearly what, you know, like regardless of what it's about, if you can tell a good story, tell a story about a piece of paper, you're good. Yeah, all right. so. Thanks to everyone who asked the question on Twitter. I think I'm gonna I'm not gonna ask you every single one, but um, <laughs> I've also been playing around with my timing of the podcast, and I think I've I've chopped it down from like two hours to an hour, and then I, like I feel like 45 to 50 minutes is also cool. Nice. But this is like my Tim Ferriss uh, inspirations coming in. But I wanted to ask, uh, wrapping up here in the last end, like, what is your next steps? Your next ways to reinvent yourself it seems like you've been doing this for a long time you've also managed to make a living i guess or a way for yourself to survive out of your art mm -hmm. and your creativity where is it going where are you now and where do you see yourself where do you see it going in the next steps right now i am trying to turn progress daily into this cross charity collaboration thing and the website is being developed right now I have two designers who are working on all of that. And I I would love to try to turn that into something else, right? Everything leads to another step. So for now, I mean, I'll just say it. Like right now, there's we're creating designs for these companies to where we're going to sell clothing on our website, Progress Daily, and the charities are just going to get 100% of the profit. It's just strictly to, if there's places I believe in, we're going to create the product and sell it for these companies. We're going to have landing pages that are all about these brands, what they're doing. And I even want to go make videos for them. And, and the idea there is, well, one, just because I think it's awesome for the companies. And I think they deserve it. You know, if there's a company, a charity who works that hard, they deserve like the extra attention. Uh, like Charity Water, I'm talking to in New York and there's, there's, there's other ones. But that's the idea is to turn Progress Daily into this machine that just is automated to help people. And I'll always keep it as it is and sell stuff, but I, I want it to be beyond me. And me, it's like, that's what I'm doing right now is building my company into something that's bigger than just me. Um, but besides that, when it comes to like 
yeah, I don't know. Besides that, with me, it's just focusing on what makes me happy and doing more of that. Just skateboarding more and trying to build a lot of relationships in New York and trying to sort of be a bigger part of this city. Um, I would love to have throw events more often here and just sort of become like a, a staple human in a city that's already killing it so hard. Yeah. And what advice could you give to anyone that's listening who might have who might be struggling with some of the things that you struggled with on your way here? Like you said, you know, trying to figure out what you're into, having to try to be, be a certain way or right. just figuring yourself out. Is there any advice that you could say that you've learned in your 26 years that you could give someone a cheat sheet on? Yeah, I would say that being like shy and insecure is sometimes appealing to people. Like people think you're, they think you're real and they can relate to you, but don't be insecure. You can be modest, but the truth is at the end of the day, no one out there in any way has validated himself enough to be better than you. So a lot of people will compare themselves to other people and, and that's what throws people off. But even when comparing yourself to people, you, they have a different life. So if they seem to have more success, success is all just in your head. It's what you think of your life and, and what you think of the situation around you. So if you're someone who appreciates everything around you, you're successful and that's it. And I would also say that if you have a passion, if there's something that you're into, whether it be skateboarding or yo-yoing or just doing jumping jacks for some reason, I would focus on that passion before focus on making money doing it. Um, because that's what people appreciate. People who want to hire you, people who want to work with you, they mostly care about seeing someone who is just dead passionate about something rather than someone who can turn something into a business. So just stay focused on your passions. Um, don't consistently compare yourself to other people because that's what makes you miserable. And if you do feel insecure, just try to become the hero that you wish you had. Awesome. That's really yeah. inspirational, insightful. There's so much stuff that I wish I could go into more. And I could ask you a million things about many of the things we touched on, like your previous companies, your previous jobs, your mm -hmm. all these different things. You're doing many things, but uh, I think I, I think we had fun with the format here. I kind of switched it up with a more natural flowing conversation that touched more on topics instead of the same old story. So for sure. thank you for that. I think that was fun. Um, and if someone does want to get more in touch with you, maybe ask you something that I didn't go as deep as they wanted to, where's the best place that someone can reach out to you or follow you, keep up to date with you? I would say Twitter is a good place. It's just John. Actually, Twitter, it's John Hill tube, T U B E. Um, and that, yeah, that's where I'm most responsive, I would say. So if you can somehow shoot me a message, awesome, or just say something on my newest post and, it's it's really easy for me to have conversations there. Awesome. So I'll link all of your channels and platforms in the notes wherever you're listening to this on iTunes or who knows, I'm trying to distribute this to more places. But uh, <laughs> John, thank you so much for coming on the show. Any last words, any sign off messages? Um, I can just use my classic YouTube one, which is love you so much, progress daily and keep killing it. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, man. So that was my conversation with John Hill. I think he offers a refreshing perspective on a lot of these topics that we touched on organically. Let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Feel free to reach out to us. Let us know which part you liked. And if you listened all the way to the end here, thank you so much. You can find more of this podcast on YouTube and iTunes by looking up the Justin OG Show podcast. 
And if you're listening on iTunes, a subscription and rating would be much appreciated if you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. This is Josh Snow D Show, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.